not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. With me today is my newer, better than the original co-host, Chris. Hi, this is new Chris, everybody, and welcome to episode 20. Uh, what did you do with the old Chris? Old Chris is dead. Oh. Kill the past. Oh. <laughs> Kill the past. <laughs> Kaloran came in, he killed the past, and this is new Chris. We're joking. This is Chris after his seventh mental breakdown from being in quarantine. Oh uh, yeah, how are you, how are you doing in the quarantine, mate? How are you holding up? <laughs> um, it's been a tough week. I will say that. How are you hanging in? Yeah, you know what? It's it's been okay. It's been all right. It feels a bit weird. I feel like when we everything goes back to normal, we're gonna like meet each other again in person and be like, I feel really weird speaking to you <laughs> and seeing you rather than yes. just seeing you either over a webcam or just hearing your voice over a phone call. It's very strange, yeah, it's gonna isn't be, it? It's going to be weird getting within six foot of another person. <laughs> yeah, I was I was joking about this with my work lot and being like, when everything goes back to normal and, you know, I, I, I'm in a customer-facing job, so it's going to be like, you just don't know how to speak to people anymore. It's just going to be so weird. Still going to be washing all the surfaces down after those people have been in. Yeah, two metres apart, two metres apart. Yeah. Anyway, we've got this gone on for too long, so today <laughs> our topic is given to us by the very renowned James Gunn, after a lovely tweet he did about sequels that were better than the original films. So we're going to get onto that, but for the first time in about three weeks, we've actually got some news to talk about. There's, and there's quite a bit of news, including all the trailers that have come out as well, there's quite a bit to talk about, yeah. It's almost like everyone's just held back and then not put anything out there and then one piece of news happened and then everyone was like, ah, no, we want it, you know, quick. <laughs> Open the floodgates! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People uh, are getting bored. Yeah. News is stale. There's no one said anything. It's the, Everyone's just, everyone's just going to talk about our thing. <laughs> Films are dead. <laughs> Make people remember films are a thing. Right, okay. Do you want to hit us off with this first nugget of information? Yeah, okay. So the very first story we've got is about a reveal of set photos from... Is it Dune or June? I normally say Sand June. Sand June. Sand June. Sand, so I, I would say June. Sand Dune. Anyway. It's a DJ sound. <laughs> See, did a DJ June. See, I've always thought it was Dune because, like, June, like, there's more. There's a difference there. Dune is like sand dunes. It, it feels like it should yeah. be more Dune rather than June. Yeah. I think of the month. I think the month June. I think it's something weird when you try to pinpoint how you say a certain word. You can't say it the same way you would normally say it. I think it's like the lazy like, way of saying it. Yeah, sand dune, sand, sand dune. dune. Sand dunes. I don't know. I think it all depends on your accent, really, as to how much of a D or a J it is. Yeah. Anyway, D- Dune, <laughs> Dune is a film that is coming out from the director of Blade Runner 2049. Denae Vinue or something like that? Uh, I, I, I wish I knew how to pronounce it. Denae Vinue or something. Yeah, anyway, uh, we've had some <laughs> set reveal photos of costumes and all the actors. So we have the likes of Oscar Isaac... Josh Brolin, yep, Josh Timothy B- Charlemagne, yep. Zandaya, yep. Dave Batista. Yeah. Oh, have we have we uh, seen Dave Batista? I don't know whether I've seen Dave Batista. 
I think he was in the big group photo, you know, that was in sort of like the the meeting sort of thing. And yeah. Rebecca Ferguson as well was the other one. Uh, Jason Momoa. I don't Jason know. Momoa. And then we also had, you cannot forget, uh, Javier Bardem. Uh, Javier Bardem, the biggest face in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a big beard in this. Yeah. Everyone's got big beards in this. Mm. Oscar Isaac's beard. Wow. Oh, aye. Yeah. That little much. side eye that he's given in that photo as well. He's like, what the yeah. fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> what the fuck you saying? So what's your thoughts on these photos, Chris, from Vanity Fair? I think the set design and the costume design looks really good. It does look almost Mad Maxy. Like, it felt very Mad Max when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And also that, like, Eagle logo just is screaming Halo to me. Yeah, I get the vibe. Especially with that. the armor, the shoulder plates and everything. Yeah, I definitely get Halo vibes from, like, the officers' uniforms and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Dave Bautista is not in that photo. Is he not? Okay, no, so he's in the film, though. Yeah, so we've not had a look at him yet, but I think it all looks really cool. I think the costumes look really cool. Yeah. Do you know anything about Dune or Dune? No, I was Dune, about Dune? to just ask you the same thing, because I have no idea what this is about. I just know it's, like, super anticipated. There was a film back in the 80s that's based off a novel or a series of novels, that people love. I've never read them. I saw the film when I was way too young, and it was just slow and boring, and I couldn't understand it. <laughs> um, something about, like, intergalactic politics and somebody, the f- farming spice, which is, like, a resource or something. Not like uh, the drug uh, from Star Wars. No, not yeah. like the drug. It's, like, an energy resource or something, and there's, like, weird teleportation stuffs and honor battles or something like that. I have no idea, but I'm excited for it because it's probably going to be a lot better than that old version. Yeah, I feel like because it's obviously, you know, it's the director that it is and it's going to be that popular that I reckon they might almost like dumb the story down a little bit. I don't think Possibly. as a, like a one-off film unless they're going to be looking at like making more of these. Uh, well, it's not a one-off film. It's a two-parter because oh. it's is that big that it's now two films. Okay, but that makes sense, though. That definitely makes yeah. sense. But, I mean, you're, what, you're still talking maybe like five hours worth of content that you've got to try and put this story into. Yeah. They might like simplify the story a little bit. We're more at the age now where we would understand it a lot more. Like Obviously, we weren't around in the 80s, and then when I tried to watch it when I was younger... I just didn't understand it. I do get some proper like Halo slash Game of Thrones vibes from it, though. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, like the it, it's going to be a really difficult press junket as well. Like everybody trying to say didn't even use name and trying to decide how they want to say Dune or June. <laughs> That's going to be a joke. I mean, it's already a joke before all the press conferences, yeah. so it's already yeah. going to be. There's a photo of Rebecca Ferguson, and I get like some proper. Is it the Red Lady from Game of Thrones vibes from it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and all Sith Lord vibes. Or Alessandra. Yeah, it? yeah, that's it. But then there's another shot of her as well wearing sort of like the scavenger-esque uniform that you see Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya wearing as well. She's wearing the same thing with like mm. the nose respirator thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool. I feel like it, if I was wearing that, it would be bothering me all the time. I'd be trying to pull it out. It's a strange But it's look. just going to be a whole load of deserts and big worms. I also get slightly like Oblivion vibes from this as well. You know, the Tom Cruise film. 
Mm. Like I think more just yeah. from like the ships and stuff in the background and the big empty scenery and stuff. It, I think mm. it looks awesome. I think it looks really. I, I was good. trying to figure out what you meant by Oblivion. Then I was like, Elder Scrolls? What? No, not quite Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't see it. And then you said Tom Cruise. I was like, Oh, that Oblivion. Okay, yeah. The story sounds full enough though to uh, have like an Elder Scrolls game <laughs> based off of it. Yeah. Yeah photos look good so far also that shot of timothy charlemagne walking along the the beach yeah very blade runner-esque yeah very denise you i think he's working with the same cinematographer as well well you, you can you know from 1917 and stuff that you can get a good pair and you go for it don't you so next story is obviously that san diego comic-con has been officially cancelled i think it was only last week maybe we spoke about how this wasn't cancelled yet we were all saying it's bizarre that it's not been cancelled yet it's mad isn't it i think they were obviously just holding out and holding out but i think this might mean that we still get the reveals potentially i think they might just do them at their own you know, you won't have the whole uh, having everyone out on the stage and stuff. Yeah, you? you might still. Well, get... Marvel have been saving a lot of content. Like they've obviously been doing casting reveals and stuff like that at San Diego Comic Con, but then they've been saving the footage until D twenty three, Disney's own conference. So that's probably what we'll see from them. Mm, it'd be cool if they did a digital thing for D twenty three. I've seen a couple people saying that. Don't Nintendo do a Nintendo Direct? They always yeah. do it digitally. It'd be really cool for them to do something like that and maybe have your cast members and stuff do it. Yeah. yeah. Not like Mickey and Minnie Mouse, not like Disneyland <laughs> cast, cast members. But you maybe mean like the Marvel cast. Yeah, you know, the actors and actresses and stuff, get Kevin yeah. Feige doing it. And, you know, I reckon it'd be pretty cool. It'd be a pretty yeah. cool thing. Marvel take, could right? do some cool stuff like that, like all Shield themed or something, and you would open a dossier on a new hero or something like that. Marvel, if you're looking for some new employees, I mean, we'd have some amazing some ideas, ideas yeah. Disney. Yeah, you can just 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 hit us up at uh, getrealpoduk at gmail.com. Uh, next story, Chris, do you want to <laughs> move plug. straight on? I do. So, we talked about this a long time ago. I remember us talking about this, but it's now officially confirmed that it is in the works. J.J. Abrams is making a Justice League Dark series for hbo and he's also working on two other shows for hbo max as well them being a shining spin-off which we've just had doctor sleep so i don't know if it's going to follow on from that or be spun off from the original shining and he's also working on a brand new original show that's pretty cool i think the justice league dark thing was brought up a while ago wasn't it i think it was just rumors though or it was Mm -hmm. in talks and now it's all confirmed isn't it i'm looking forward to this like i said back then like I like Justice League Dark. I want to see it. I am gutted that it's not Guillermo del Toro doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still holding out hope for a Justice League Dark film from Guillermo del Toro. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. But it's it's HBO, so... Yeah, you never know, do you? You never know. Hey. Yeah, big <laughs> big old Game of Thrones budgets. Yeah, that would be sick. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård joins the Cassian Andor series, or as they put it in the article, the Rogue One prequel series, which was just a really <laughs> weird way of wording that. Yeah, dumb it down for the people at the back. Who was that? That was Collider, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. which is weird for the Collider audience. Like, if you're reading Collider, you tend to know like, Star Wars characters. Weird. Rogue One prequel. Maybe it's maybe it's not going to be called Cassian Andor. Maybe they've got some secret scoop or something that's going to be called something else. But didn't they, in the article, they referred to it as the Cassian Andor series? Oh, no, or was it untitled Cassian Andor series? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård anyway. joins it. He's good. That's He's- it. That's a great... 
get for them. It's a guy from Thor, isn't it? And he's yeah. obviously in a lot of other stuff, but more recently we were Mama talking Mia. about... Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were more recently talking about the deleted scenes that we wish were in films. Yeah. Go check that episode out from last week. Yeah. He's also in Chernobyl as well, isn't he? Yes, he is in Chernobyl. He's the... Another Rus- HBO series. Is he the Russian president in Chernobyl? Oh, I can't remember. I haven't seen much of Chernobyl. I need oh, to watch Chernobyl. You need to finish it. You really need yeah. to finish it. It's a very, very, very good TV series. It is a great series. I think okay. it's because I know a lot about Chernobyl. Like, I've just, I just don't need to watch something about it, but I probably should. <laughs> the actual series is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. I've yeah. just not got around to it. Anyway, anyway, the Mandalorian behind-the-scenes documentary series has been announced for Disney+, Plus. Sam. Now, this is very interesting, the fact that they can put this into a docuseries. But at the same time, it doesn't really surprise me because Disney have got quite a lot of stuff like this on Disney+. Plus. They've got all the theme park imaginatorium stuff, um, mm-hmm. a few documentary series, the animal documentaries they put on there. Yeah. So I think this would probably do really well as a docuseries. Yeah. Especially they do so much behind-the-scenes stuff for Star Wars. The post that I saw about it, I'm sure it said Disney+, Plus gallery mandalorian behind the scenes so i think it might be like a small series that they're doing that they're going to do behind the scenes featurettes for all the series or the all the originals that they're putting on there i think and also i mean i mean the way to look at it would be they're going to focus on the stuff that's got more going on behind the scenes because obviously mandalorian's got that 360 yeah green screen cgi whatever you know the yeah the led screen but you, you in the future, you've got things like Falcon Winter Soldier. You've got mm-hmm. all, the, all the Marvel stuff coming on. It'll probably be quite interesting. Sense. They'll probably do a lot of yeah. that on there. Especially with them launching films on it as well. This was about to come up in another story, but we've got the day Artemis Fowl is coming out on the 12th of June mm-hmm. on Disney Plus exclusively. So we've got the date for that now. If they're releasing more films like that, you'll probably find the Blu-ray sales and stuff don't go as far. So if they put on more behind-the-scenes featurettes and stuff like that on Disney+, Plus, it'll keep people watching. Next story. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is supposedly going to be more focused around Rocket's past or at least incorporate it. So I reckon it's something from his past is going to come up because Thor's still going to be in this from what I've heard. And it'd be weird for it to go back and be a prequel. So Yeah, so for what we think, yeah, Thor might be in it. Um, but also Thor Love and Thunder is due to come out before this, so maybe that'll have the Guardians in and they might leave him, potentially. Oh, and then it sets up where he's not having to be part of it then. Yeah, potentially. Uh, who knows, like, they, they can cross-pollinate all the properties together, but this came from... Uh, they were doing a watch-along of Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn on Twitter. They were doing a quarantine watch party, and somebody asked him if Rocket's origin would be part of Volume 3. And his response was, I'll just say Rocket is a big part of what's happening in the future. There's a lot of stuff, like the scars on his back, which sets up what I've planned for Rocket all along. I had to paraphrase a little bit because it didn't make sense out of context because they were watching the film, they were noting what was going on on the screen. But yeah, he's basically saying he's had plans from the beginning of Rock's Rocket's past coming up in Volume 3. Interesting. Which we have seen like throughout the films getting more and more information about his past, like him being a genetic experiment. He was essentially made, and he's got all these cybernetic augments and stuff like that. He sees himself as a monster. He's never had a family or anything because he was made in a lab. And I reckon this might have something to do with the creation of Adam Warlock, maybe, as well. Because we've still got that loose thread for Volume 3. Oh, that'd be very cool. Yeah, because that sets up, yeah. Yeah. 
Very good. And then the last thing is Artemis Fowl is streaming on the 12th of June, or June 12th, yeah, if we you're American, that. Yeah. Uh, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. So they're bringing yeah. that out, not doing it in the cinema, but obviously just making sure it gets out there. That's fine. That's enough of that. Chris, what is the next segment of the podcast? <laughs> it's our world-famous film trailer segment we like to call Trailer Trash! I don't know if we've still got the sound effects that we used to use, but I'm sure I can. Uh, if if so, if out. so, you just heard it. <laughs> you didn't need my re-rendition. So the first one and the most anticipated trailer that we've had this week is Capone with Tom Hardy, written and directed by Josh Trank. Yeah, some would say he's back on Trank. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, this is taking place in Al Capone's twilight years. He spent 10 years in prison and he's apparently got dementia now and the police are trying to find out what he's done with all the money that he's earned from obviously his criminal gangster enterprises. Yeah, it seems quite interesting to be fair. Yeah, because there's a lot of bits where the police are saying you've not got dementia, Capone, and stuff like mm. that. It looks like it's going to be wicked. Looks yeah, really it's good. based on true events as well. Apparently, he's going to start having flashbacks to his his darker deeds and feeling remorse in his later years and stuff. I like yeah. how Tom Hardy's like in every role we kind of see him. He just goes full on, doesn't he? So he's yeah, like all yeah. the facial makeup and stuff that they've put on him looks awesome, and, and I think it helps distinguish the different time periods as well. Like can tell when he's reminiscing on something or it's in the past, and then mm. as he's gradually aging throughout the film as well. Yeah, yeah, looks wicked. Next one, we've had Defending Jacob. Yep, did you watch the trailer for this? I've not, no, but I'm pretty certain I've... Was this the first trailer that we've got for it? It's the only one that I've seen, anyway. It's a Apple Plus series starring Chris Evans, and it's got a small role from J.K. Simmons in there as well. And it also stars Jaden Martell from It. He was, I think, the main kid in It who's brother obviously gets taken at the beginning of the film i can't remember all the names of the kids in it it's also got pablo schreiber in it from american gods yeah and i'm pretty certain he was also in orange is the new no was he in orange is the new black Uh, yeah the tall ginger guy he played one of the security guards in orange is the new black yeah i thought he did Basically, Chris Evans' child gets accused of murder, murdering one of his classmates. Chris Evans is a cop in this as well, so like they're on the case, and then they find out that his son's been arrested for the murder. It's basically what happens when a kid is on trial for murder, and did he do it or not? Which it seemed very interesting to me. Yeah, sounds good. And Definitely he's got Chris Evans. Out. And it's something very different to get from Chris Evans after all the Marvel stuff as well, um, and yeah. after uh, Knives Out. So it'll be cool to get get this. Yeah. Well, Jaden Martell was also in Knives Out as well, so mm. those two coming back together. Yeah, that, like, that seems like a series I'm definitely going to check out. Uh, next, one. next one, Extraction. It's a Netflix original film starring Chris Hemsworth. Uh, David Harbour's in there, and it's produced by the Russo brothers. Yeah, um, Chris a- Hemsworth plays, I believe, a mercenary who's been sent to recover the child of a Indian or... Uh, there's a, like a turf war going on between an Indian drug lord and a Dubai drug lord, is it? Yeah. Or is some- it Mumbai? Uh, something like um, that, yeah. But one of their children's been kidnapped anyway, and he's on an extraction mission trying to save him. But this seems like balls to the wall action throughout. Surprising for the Russo brothers. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think Chris Hemsworth does a really good role in this because have you seen 12 Strong? I've seen bits of it. I haven't seen all of it. Yeah, he's pretty good in that. He's pretty good in that, to be fair. Yeah, so he's trying to do more of these action man-on-a-mission type films, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it, I thought it was going to say that it was like directed by the guys who did John Wick or something like that because the action in this looks bonkers. Mm. So it's like yeah. Marvel but darker, isn't it? It's like <laughs> Marvel but darker. Yeah, it's like if you can... Marvel have... after dark. Marvel after dark. So... What happens when Thor loses his hammer and all he's got left is a gun? <laughs> <laughs> a gun in his wits. That's what he's got. Yeah, but that's coming out on Netflix soon. I forgot to write down the date, but yeah, everyone's got Netflix. Watch that when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valley Girl, trailer for Valley Girl. Yeah, did you watch the trailer for this? I've not watched the trailer for this. Valley Girl is actually an 80s film starring Nick Cage. And this is a modern remake of it, which has been in the works since 2016, apparently. It's finally coming out now. They seem to be taking influence from, like, La La Land and stuff like that, the way they're doing it. What struck me was the cast in it. They're obviously meant to be, like, high schoolers and stuff. A lot of the cast uh, seem way too old to be playing this age. But it's got some of the cast from, like, Riverdale in there as well, which can play people that age, because they already do. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed really bizarre to me. And then it seemed okay. And then I found out that Logan Paul is in this, and I was like, this film is a fever dream nightmare. Nicolas Cage was so young in the original version of this film. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. I've just seen it, yeah. Like, wow. I just watched the trailer, and I was like, why does this seem familiar in some way? And then, like, I googled it, 1983, Nicolas Cage was in it. I was like, what? But yeah, Jeez. that's Valley Girl. Tammy's always dying. Okay, so this is, like, a little indie darling film festival type film. A down-on-a-look, depressed, like, alcoholic woman finds out that she's got six to ten months left to live. Played by Felicity Huffman who was in Desperate Housewives, Frasier, loads of shows in like the early 2000s and stuff like that. She's a great actress. Yeah, it seems like a little like bonding mother-daughter, obviously road to recovery type film. It seems to be great, but what struck me by this, again, there's always like something weirdly interesting in all these trailers that I found. It's directed by Amy Jo Johnson. Do you know who that is? Uh, I recognise the name. She's the original Pink Ranger from Power Rangers. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. No like, like, that really struck me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> as soon as I saw her name come up, I was like, hold on a minute. Is she directing now? I think she's done a little bit here and there with, like, TV shows and stuff. But, like, this is, like, a main, like, directorial debut that seems to be going anywhere. So he's bringing it back to her. I mean, he's bringing it back to the nerdiness. He's doing it. It is. He's doing it. Is. it. But, uh, like, I saw this trailer. I was like, I'll check this film out. It's, like, one of those little, like I said, film festival indie darlings that's probably going to do, like, well, but on the low type thing, you know, sort of like a Florida Projects or something with Willem Dafoe yeah. that came out last year. It felt sort of like that sort of film to me. So next one, Saved by the Bell is getting a reboot and I hate it. No, we don't need it. We don't no, really don't it was awful. It. it was awful. I watched the trailer. They're trying to bring some of the characters back as well. And it's just God awful. Why did it need to happen? Why can't they just let things live? Or let things die. <laughs> well let things die is what i mean yeah like just let things live in the past like yeah. now i'm gonna talk about this next one dummy oh, have you seen the trailer for I've this i've just seen it and I'm, <laughs> we're, we're gonna this this i don't think this is gonna deserve the time of day chris if i'm gonna be quite honest with you what is this trailer 
You want to talk about fever dreams. You want to talk about nightmare fuel. You want to talk about what is Anna Kendrick doing with her career right now? This is a a reboot, isn't it? Or it's a follow-up from the 2002 with Adrian Brody in it, isn't it? Is it? It is. There was an original film called Dummy with Adrian Brody, where Adrian Brody has the dummy, but it's like... but it's not it's very similar that i think it's like a reboot or a remake of that because it's kind of the same thing but he's like he's got like one of those dummies where you put the hand in but i, I don't know what you'd call that what is it called what's it called i can't think of it ventriloquist you, oh but, ventriloquist yeah, dummy. like a ventriloquist but on this it's a little bit different it's like it's an actual this seems completely different <laughs> Are these anyway related? I don't know. It just came up. I don't know whether they are related, but it seems very similar. It's just like a more modern take on it, maybe. It looks like she's talking to a sim. To a sim. It does. It looks like Sims 3. Right, we need to explain this to people because we're not explaining it at all. So there's a trailer come out for... Is it a film? Is it a show called Dummy? It's It's a film. It's a film. Okay, sorry. In Anna Kendrick, where she finds out that her boyfriend has got a sex doll, but then... The sex doll to Anna Kendrick is alive and it's a feminist and they're going round, I don't know. So then she goes see a therapist. Like, I feel like everyone that watches this is probably going to need a feminist. Like, they're on a, a feminist road trip. It's Anna Kendrick and her boyfriend's sex doll. What? <laughs> this is terrible. What? There's no amount of... <laughs> Money not, in the world that I, no, I'm not even gonna, I'm, no, I'm not finishing the sentence. It's just no, there's no nothing's gonna make me want to watch this. Anyway, something that sounds like dummy as well. I actually saw a trailer for a film called Yummy, which is a weird European zombie film set in a plastic surgery hospital, which looked equally bizarre. Right, that's the end of trailer trash. That's done. Right. So Yee-haw! trying to swiftly finish that up, leaving yeah. it leaving trailer trash on this absolute trash film we started it with capone and ended it with Dummy. yeah it was only going to go downhill after capone it's it's tom hardy at the end of the day so we're going to talk about sequels that are better than original films for the rest of the episode i saw a tweet from james gunn and he said sequels but he's prefaced this saying second movie only that are better than the originals so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the films that he's put on here and then we're going to put some of our own towards it as well but we've not just kept to second films in a franchise Oh, have we not? Because that was a no. We I've got some here that are like later on down the line. I've just gone for any sort of sequel in a franchise that was better than the original. Yeah. So we got James Gunn's list that we're going to go through, and then we've got our added extras. Okay. Which are, th- are things that I've put on there. Okay. Okay. We're not going to go through all of James Gunn's films because some of them we've just not seen, so we can't comment on them. Yeah. We'll tell you what he said, and whichever ones we want to discuss, we'll discuss. Yeah. We'll alternate with them. So you go first, Chris. Toy Story 2. I think this is a great choice. Like, I've always preferred Toy Story 2 to Toy Story 1. Toy Story 1 was the one that started, obviously, the hype behind Pixar and everything. But Toy Story 2 was where we really got to the nitty-gritty behind the characters. You introduce new characters like Jesse and everything like that. You get sort of like the story with Woody coming to terms with the fact that he is a toy. He needs to do certain things, put his ego to one side to save the rest of them and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I think Toy Story 2 is just a much better film than Toy Story 1. Yeah, I agree. I think Toy Story 1 holds a special place in your heart, but I think uh, Toy Story 2 is definitely the better of the two. When I was younger, like really younger, and I saw these films, I think I saw them roughly around the same time, and I used to get the two of them like blurred together in my mind they were always like one film to me all my distinct memories of it were all from toy story 2 
Uh, yeah, so I used yeah. to just think Toy Story 2 was pretty much Toy Story 1 when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, because Toy Story 2 was the one where we got Jesse and all the that. Prospect. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is that where they go to the supermarket? and? Yeah, they go to the toy barn. Yeah, see all those. And the bit of the airport at the end and the aliens. and Yeah, see all that sticks with me because of the video game as well. There was a Toy Story yeah. 2 video game that had loads of really good stuff with that. Yeah, I think all the uh, most of the iconic stuff from Toy Story comes from the second one, like the traffic cones as well, getting across the road to the toy barn and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because the only thing I can remember from Toy Story 1 is the aliens. Uh, and the car chase at the end of Toy Story 1. Yeah, and that's, that's really all I can quite remember. Mm. Yeah. Iconic, definitely. Next one is Godfather 2. Why am I on a film podcast when I've not <laughs> I've not seen Godfather 1 or 2? So I can't oh. yeah, I can't comment on it. That's it. All okay. of our subscribers have gone. Uh, okay, Godfather the Part 2. The Godfather 1 is a great film. That's where you get a lot of your iconic stuff from the Godfather franchise. But Godfather 2, I feel has the better story. And uh, apparently Matt Damon said to Martin Scorsese once, he was like, he asked him, what's the better film, Godfather Part 1 or Part 2? And Scorsese said Part 2 because he had more money. He did, like, the success of the first one, Francis Ford Coppola had so much more extra money, he was able to do a lot more with what he wanted to do. So you've got the two different timelines going on. So you've got Al Pacino's character, and then you've got Robert De Niro playing the younger version of Al Capone, I believe. I remember in this right so you get the two different time periods you get the two separate storylines and you just get more interesting characters and character developments and it really everyone says the second one is better than the first one it's just like a given and i trust what you say thank you very good <laughs> what's the yes. next one spider-man 2 sam raimi's spider-man 2 i have Do you seen want to talk these. about this one because you've seen this one yeah i've seen this one um yes you know what i kind of agree uh, I think that you get in Spider-Man 2, you still get James Franco, Har- Harry Osborn a bit in this anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think the Alfred Molina, Dr. Octavius is just awesome. I think it's yeah. I think it's a really, really, really good role. I think it kind of fell off at Spider-Man 3. I think they just Spider-Man 3 wasn't definitely. very good at all. I think this was definitely going in the right direction and it got better than number one. Yeah, I think, like you said, like the whole plot with like Doc Ock is so much better. It's so much more interesting. He's a more compelling villain. And yeah. the, uh, like the fact that he, he wasn't trying to be a villain in any sort of way, like it was sort of like he succumbed to the arms and all this sort of stuff. Oh. Really made him a tragic villain type thing. Peter's storyline's so much better in this. Yeah, you get the whole bit on the the train, don't you, where people find out who Spider-Man is and then they all agree mm-hmm. to keep the secret. And that's a really, yeah. really good moment in that film. Yeah. And, and yeah. he starts to lose his powers as well because he starts to lose faith in himself and everything as well. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, this isn't where we get... Uh, we get Harry Osborn, but we don't get Green Goblin Harry Osborn in this, do we? No. No, that's no. in number three. The new Goblin, as he was called. Yeah, so, yeah. Basically, we didn't have him in there, which made this film better. And then you, we still had, had, you still had James Franco in there, but he didn't know who killed his father at this point. Yeah. Doesn't he, does he find out that in number three, or does he find that out towards the end? He of finds it out in number... I thought it was number three, but... I... Isn't it Doc Ock that actually brings his body into the thing? I can't quite remember. Yeah, I think he does. I think he ends up hating him at the end of it, and then he gets amnesia towards the beginning of the film, uh, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe that's what sets it up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. Next one? 
Next one, uh, Bad Lieutenant Paul of Call New Orleans. Not seen it, so can't really comment, so we'll skip. No, Have you we'll, seen that? Nope. No, we'll skip the ones that we know nope. we've definitely not seen. Okay, Evil Dead 2. I've seen this one. It's great. I love Evil Dead 2. So, do, do you love it more than I, the first one? Yeah. Right, so this is Sam Raimi again. He just seems to be... His trilogies just seem to go batshit insane as they go along. So, like, Evil Dead 1 is just straight up Cabin in the Woods horror, whereas... Evil Dead 2 starts to lean more into the weird comedy aspects that he started to bring into it. Like, it seems like Evil Dead 2 seemed to be more of the film that he wanted to make in the first one. Mm. So, like, you've got the weird, like, talking heads. You've got evil version of Ash sprouting out of him. He's got the chainsaw hand and everything in this one. Like, it's just complete bonkers, and it's just Ash by himself in the house going insane trying to kill the deadites and everything stopped them from taking over which then led into army of darkness the third one which was just balls to the wall he's in the past batshit insane like the second one seemed to set up what the character of ash was mm. it was so funny next one on the list is shrek 2 go on then talk to me about shrek 2 sam uh i can't remember what happens in shrek 2 chris uh shrek 2 is the one where they go to far far away which is where Fiona's from. They meet her parents, and you've got Prince Charming and the... Oh, the gingerbread the, man. The fairy and... and everything, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? I agree. Shrek 2 was better. It I was don't know better. why. It all blends into one again. It's got more of a plot, the second one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know why I feel like Shrek 1 and 2 kind of blended in together. But yeah. No, Shrek 2, yeah, you know what? Definitely better. It's got all the musical beats that everyone loves as well. And Shrek lives a special place in everybody's hearts in terms of a really creepy <laughs> meme. So, yeah. There we are. Shrek is infamous, and I don't think he would have been without Shrek too. No, definitely not. Next one? The Dark Knight. Okay, right. We've got a two-part series on Christopher Nolan films where we've talked yeah. about this in great detail. You should absolutely go back and listen to those two episodes. Go watch the two-part series. It's yeah. definitely worth a listen. We go into it a lot more detail. Yeah, everybody knows why The Dark Knight is better than Batman Begins. Like, We don't need to go into it on this one. Like we said, go back listen to the other one, but out and out, it's far and away better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next one on here that I'm going to touch on is Hellboy 2. Okay. So this was the Golden Army, right? Yes, it was. Okay, what's your thoughts on that? See, when I was younger, I definitely preferred the first one, but I feel like I just wasn't given the second one really the time of day. But to be honest, the second one is more comic booky, and it adds loads more lore and everything to the world and everything. It is probably got the more interesting villain as well. It doesn't have the clockwork guy, unfortunately, but it's got the weird, creepy elf armies and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, I I flip between which ones I prefer, Hellboy One and Hellboy Two. So mm, I think visually, Hellboy Two is a much more interesting oh, yeah. film. Definitely. Isn't that where they go and get the they dig that corpse up and he takes him with him, or is that in Hellboy One? Can't That's quite Hellboy One. Is that Hellboy One? Yeah, again, yeah. underground a lot. <laughs> There's a they kind of uh, blend together a little bit, but yeah, Hellboy Two is pretty good. X Men Two. So we skipped over Road Warrior a few dollars more on Paddington Two. X-Men 2, so much better than the first X-Men. You've got the Weapon X program. You've got the potential trying to find a cure for mutants just to save that guy. So, and it's Striker, isn't it? And, like, uh... It's so much darker. You've got Lady Deathstrike in there as well, fighting against Wolverine. 
This has an incredible Whoa. opening sequence of Nightcrawler. Sorry, yeah, Nightcrawler at Woo! the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's when he's breaking into the White House, isn't it? Yeah. So good. So, so good. good. So good. Definitely the better version of Nightcrawler that we've had on screen. Definitely. Yeah. I think that is probably the second or third best X-Men film we've got. Yeah. It and is the first best, best. Is, uh, is on our list for later on. Yeah. So stay tuned to that to see what we find out is the best X-Men film. But after that, do you want to talk about the next one, Sam? Yes. Now, it goes without saying that this is definitely infamous for being the most sequel of sequels. This was the sequel that started the trend of sequels. <laughs> yeah, it was even on my work digital pub quiz today, Ooh. this film. It was the answer to one of the questions. It oh. is The Empire Strikes Back. Ah. Oh. Now, Chris, I would love, I would love to just do a Star Wars episode on the original trilogy, the prequels, and then a big retrospective of the uh, the sequel yeah. trilogy. So that should be an episode that we do because we've already given our ranking, I believe, when we did Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, we did or our Duel ranking of the Fates. for the films. Yeah, yeah, we did our ranking for the films. But I think it would be good to just talk about. Like, if we put them into three film, like three films each. Yeah, talk about trilogies. Yeah. yeah and then we do like a big retrospective. Because we were, yeah. we were talking about doing a retrospective on the uh, the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Uh, we we're maybe going to do it on the new DC films as well. Because we've probably got mm-hmm. quite a bit to talk about with that. And Star Wars is just, there's too much in there to do that in one episode. So I think it'd be yeah, cool definitely. to split it over the three, over the three yeah. and do like a, a big old retro on it. Maybe get guests. Well, every. every- yeah, we oh, we should. <laughs> we should we definitely should. get guests on for that. Everybody knows why the Empire Strikes Back is so good. Like, there's so many. They they yeah. knew what they were doing with Empire Strikes Back. Like, there's it's documented that a New Hope was a clusterfuck until it came out. <laughs> like, yeah, well, Star Wars was originally meant to be a flop. It was meant to be a massive flop originally. Yeah. It weren't meant to do yeah. well at all, and then it absolutely stormed it at the box office. And then you know you follow it up with Empire Strikes Back. You've got all absolutely just you've you know the characters are fleshed out. The actors are all a lot more confident, especially Mark mm-hmm. Hamill. Uh, you've got Hoth, so you know CGI yeah. is completely better. Visual effects is completely better. You've got Boba Fett introduced in this film. You've got the whole "I am your father" moment. You know, you've got uh, so much in this film. I think without Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars wouldn't have been the franchise that it is today. Exactly. I think that's I agree. the only way you can like. That's the definitive way of saying this is better than like the first one. Like this is why it's on the list. Yeah. It's the sequel that made the sequels. Yeah, 100%. And that's why it saved to last with this list, yeah. I reckon. So now we're going to move on to a couple of hours. Uh, no, we've still got more stuff on this list, mate. What do you mean? No, that's There's the a end. part two to the tweet. There's a part two to the tweet, and this oh. is why our list... Oh, my God. I, should, I took should, some of your this, stuff out. To talk I can't about. see this list, so you, you're going to have to take it from Okay. Here. Right, I've got the tweet open in front of me. That's how I know. So we've got Wrath of Khan next, the original one. Star Trek Two Wrath of Khan. Far and away, much more interesting story than this first Star Trek film. Star Trek 1, everyone knows the odd-numbered ones are shocking and the even-numbered ones are the interesting ones. The first one was long, slow, and boring. Wrath of Khan was actually interesting. Cool. Done with. Superman 2. Christopher Reeves' Superman 2. So this had a... uh, I think they both had Zod in, didn't they? This one had... uh, Which one had Lex Luthor in? Uh, I can't remember now. 
I think I think number one was Lex Luthor. Uh, Superman two was um, Zod, where they break into the White House and everything. They tear the roof off the White House and steal the president and stuff. <laughs> Either way, Superman two was better. Batman Returns. So that is the Michael Keaton Batman with uh, Catwoman and Penguin. These are a little bit too old for me. I- I've not seen these yet. So yeah. uh, it, w- it the first Batman was the one with Jack Nicholson Joker. The second one was with Catwoman and Penguin. Um, I think the introduction of Catwoman and everything was a lot better. I, th- I think it added more interesting characters, but I still would probably rate the first one over it. Which one's got Mr. Freeze in it? Oh, that one's a uh, Batman Forever, and that's a different. No, no, that's a uh, Batman and Robin. That one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They okay. were the George Clooney ones. Oh, that's a different Batman, or or the Val Kilmer ones. I'm getting them all mixed up now. Oh my god. Anyway, what's the next? <laughs> what's the next film? Uh, Gremlins Two. Yes. Do you like the Gremlins films? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Gremlins Two. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, just again, it's balls to the wall. Gremlins one is a bit more like got a couple of those horror elements, but then Gremlins two is just straight up bonkers. You've got all the different types of gremlins in there. It's more of a comedy. It's about the gremlins instead of the people getting killed by gremlins. Blade two, I uh, can't really remember Blade. So Blade one isn't that good. Blade two, I believe, is the one that starts with the blood rave at the beginning. And then they are fighting Dracula in that one, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. No, uh, no. Uh, or is that Trinity? The second one, anyway, is one with Ron Perlman where they go into the basement and like the vampires have got the weird like Resident Evil four way jaws and everything like that, and they're like they're going through the tunnels and they got light grenades and everything. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I yeah. do remember these bits. Yeah, so. Blade 2 is much better anyway. Um, we'll skip then to Blade Runner 2049. So I saw I, you put it on the list, but this is on James Gunn's list. Yeah, I thought it was, and then I checked the list again, but I've only seen one half of the tweet. So, yeah, yeah I agree. I do, Well, I agree. Yeah, I think you were probably going to be a little bit more on the fence with this, potentially. Or are you a um, lot more on the side of agreeing that 2049 was the better film? Uh <sighs> I think we discussed this last week. Like, I loved the first one, and without the first one, the second one would have been nothing. Uh, but the second one's got a lot more interesting things to say, philosophy-wise. See, I don't. I think know about the second that. one is a much more interesting, thought-provoking film. I than don't the first one. know if, without the first one, if Blade Runner twenty forty nine was just Blade Runner, and it was the first one that we got. If you didn't have all the callbacks and you took all that out and replaced it with a little bit of world building at the beginning and you just focused it on the Ryan Gosling character and him and that AI. Yeah, but then you're talking about a completely different film then because then you have to take out like Harrison Ford's character. Well, yeah, but you you maybe, yeah, but yeah, well, I mean, like if you focused it on that in the Blade Runner world, now obviously you're not, it's not going to be the same, it's not going to be the same premise and stuff, but. I reckon it could hold up if it was released as it is. I mean, just look at Ex Machina. It's very, it's although that that plot without having all the Harrison Ford stuff in there is very Ex yeah. Machina, isn't it? Yeah, and, it would. And yeah. it, and you know, you'd you've. I reckon it'd probably hold up quite well. I think that's. Yeah, it, I think it, that's it definitely why. would, but I definitely don't think it would have been the film that it was. Like mm. you, you're essentially then, like you said, pitching 
ex machina only you're not stuck in one building mm. and you're following that's the robot what, that's maybe what makes it a good sequel though yeah i think it probably wouldn't have been anywhere as near as good if it just focused on um what's his, what's his name what's his name uh, uh which character harrison ford's character Deckard. Deckard, that's it, yeah. I I, wouldn't, I don't think it would have been anywhere near as an interesting sequel if it just focused on Deckard. Yeah. Like, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, the second one, ha- uh, 2049, has a lot more interesting, thought-provoking themes going on under the surface of it. Uh, like, the first one is all about sort of, like, um, what does it mean to be human? Like, if you've got memories and emotions, are you human? Whereas the second one is... Um, I've always been told I'm not this thing, but now I'm starting to believe I am this thing and the lie of the self. And again, what is humanity versus am I being lied to by myself and by other people and everything? Like, I think the second one's much more interesting. I would definitely say it. I think they're on level pegging for me as to which one's better. Mm, okay, so you're sitting... I think, in- I, think, I think because the first one like hit like the world in such a way like... Like Blade Runner is Blade Runner, and we got Blade Runner twenty forty nine because Blade Runner was so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, but then Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, as a mature audience member, has got a lot more themes to dive into. So I think that's more interesting. Mm, yeah. So I love twenty forty nine. You know, I love twenty forty nine. <laughs> I know, I know. You probably sit more on the fence. I probably sit more on the side of twenty forty nine. Is definitely the okay, better, so. better sequel. So. That was actually the one that got the headlines going. With headlines were running with James Gunn thinks twenty forty nine is better than Blade Runner. Yeah, and so I, I that, agree with that. That's the whole reason we got this episode. <laughs> so, is that the last one on James Gunn's list? Uh, no. So we got Final Destination two. We'll skip over that. Yeah. But there's an interesting couple things on here. So he's got Captain America: Winter Soldier. I agree. Which I, agree. I was going to put on the list. Much better. The first one is a bit clunky. It is an origin story. But you've got great themes in there with him and uh, Peggy and stuff. But the second one is a Cold War thriller disguised as a superhero film. Yeah. And you've got the return of Bucky. You've got much better, much more impactful action sequences and everything. And Winter Soldier essentially set up the way that the MCU was going to go forward from there. Yeah, it's solid. It's so yeah. solid. So good. I was going to put that on the list, but James Gunn's already done it for me. And as he works in the Marvel Cinematic Universe... I'm going to take his word for it. He said there's an argument that aliens could be on here, but to him, alien and aliens are equal. I read a Empire article today that put aliens top sequel. That was like top of their list. Yeah. Which was interesting. See, they're two completely different films. That's it, yeah. Like, like Alien is a horror. Aliens is an action film. Exactly right, yeah. Because Aliens is the crew, isn't it? That's like the the, the squad, where Alien is is Ripley. Colonial Marines, sorry. Yeah, and Alien is Ripley trying to get away from Alien. You know, it's they are two different films. Now, I think maybe because you've got more of a squad and it's more action rather than horror, maybe if that's what you'd prefer, then yes, Aliens is the better film. But you're right, I'd say that they are completely equal. I would say equal, yeah, because Alien is Halloween in space and Aliens set the precedent for sci-fi, macho, squad-based 
fight aliens type thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So yeah, on the fans. And then the last, the last one on his list, then Terminator Two. Terminator mm. 2 is so much better than the first one. Yeah, I think there's... Uh, would you say it's got more iconic moments than Terminator 1? Um, I don't think more iconic moments necessarily, but I think you've got the better characterization of all the characters. It's the more definitive version. You've got Sarah Connor now being a badass. She breaks out of the mental asylum and everything. Mm. Um, like... She's getting premonitions of Judgment Day. Yeah. You've got T-1000 with a shotgun riding through the, like, protecting young John Connor, and you've got the Liquid Terminator coming back together. Yeah, I was going to say, I suppose you get the Liquid Terminator. It's pretty cool. And you've got that whole bike scene's pretty ace as well. Mm, Yeah. I would say T2's a better. T2's got the thumbs up at the end, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. As he goes into the lava at the end, yeah. Ah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sam seems on the fence about that one. No, but no, yeah, no, agrees. no, I do agree. I do agree. Yeah, absolutely. Just had to think about it. I've just seen a really weird deep fake of Sylvester Stallone instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, those two were constantly battling for roles at that time. Like, I think Sylvester Stallone was the one going to take it originally. Real weird. And then um, I'm trying to think which way around it was. I think Arnie said he was going to go for another film. So Sylvester Stallone tried to get that one to get both roles, and then Arnie slipped into the Terminator, I think it was. Yeah, I think he definitely was the right choice for the Terminator. Yeah, when I see definitely. This yeah, it's a bit bit jarring, almost. Yeah, yeah, Arnie's the one. So that's uh, James Gunn's list, isn't it? Yeah. So this is essentially my list going forward from here, but I want to know what your opinion is because you haven't added any to this list. No, I I'd added Blade Runner 2049, but I also saw your list and thought, well, we can talk about these. Most of these aren't the second in the franchise. A couple of them are. These are just sequels in general. Yeah, because I thought, like, I think he covered all the best second ones in the franchise except for two of them to me. And he obviously clearly knows more about films than us. <laughs> yeah, you've seen The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> he also produces and directs films, Chris. <laughs> so, the first one I put on here was Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, you know what? I watched this recently. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say it was really enjoyable. I think. I it... would say the three newest Mission Impossible films are better than the original three Mission Impossible films. Yeah, so you've got Rogue Nation, Ghost Protocol, and Fallout. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know what? The last old Mission Impossible I remember watching, I think, was Mission Impossible 3, I think. But yeah, I watched Fallout. Now, my only problem is I'd watched Fallout without watching Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol. So Okay, that's of, your problem. That was my fault. But yeah. I still really enjoyed Fallout, and I still kind of got what was going on. And it was only yeah. because I couldn't find bloody rogue nation or ghost protocol on any bloody streaming services anywhere <laughs> so and i really yeah, wanted to watch and going from netflix and yeah henry cavill's awesome in it i think the, the... he reloads his arms <laughs> he does certainly reload his arms <laughs> he reloads his arms yeah he's, he's wicked in that and it's cool because he's he is the villain but it's kind of quite interesting how they play him in it so yeah i'd say i agree with that i agree i with think that it's one. definitely the best mission impossible film that we've got yeah, like it's Chris McQuarrie that always teams up with um, Tom Cruise for these films. So like he's been escalating the story since like Ghost Protocol and stuff like that, and they've been building and building like the complexity of the narrative, the epic stunts and everything. 
And I feel like Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol, while they are great films, they were mostly based around the big Tom Cruise stunt. Which you can still say Fallout is, because you've got him doing flips in helicopters and stuff, which he was flying himself. Yeah. Let's not forget that. And also he did a Halo jump. And high altitude low opening. And let's not forget, out of all these stunts that he did, one where he was jumping from one building to another is where he actually broke his... He snapped his leg. Snapped his leg, yeah. Ouch. And that shot is still in the film. You can see his leg bending up. I remember watching it and I was like, that's the scene. And then I went back and watched (laughs) it again and I was like, yeah, that's hardcore. And you were like, that's hardcore. You see his yeah, face, like, you can see his face change, like it's really like genuine that he's like really hurt himself. Yeah. But yeah, um yeah, I agree with this. I think it's good. And it's not often you get this many films in a row of sequel after sequel after sequel and they get better. So yeah, yeah definitely. Mission Impossible Fallout's yeah, a good yeah, choice, yeah. So what's definitely. the next one on your list? Next one, Logan. Now this is a the controversial best film. Yeah, this is a controversial choice this Chris because I I is would it? I would almost say that yes it's a sequel, but I'd almost say no it's not a sequel. Um it's got the same characters reprising the same roles. It it's, does. It's it's got hints to the other films except for Days of Future Past. Yeah, but it's cuz the, the X-Men logic is that you ignore everything except for the film that's just happened. <laughs> Yeah, true, true. Um, like, Logan is far and away the best X-Men film we've got. And because it's got the same characters doing the same things and it calls back all the other films in some way or another, I still count it as a sequel. Mm, yeah. It's, it's a the sequel best at film. least to Wolverine Origins and The Wolverine. It's a sequel to those two at least. Yeah, Oh. okay, yeah. It's more of a sequel to The Wolverine films. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. I agree with that. Maybe not directly to the X-Men films, though. Okay. But you agree it's definitely better than the rest. Oh, like, the yeah. The characterization of Logan, like, it's harrowing. Like, seeing these characters that you've grown... Like, we've grown up watching. Like, the first one came out when we were five years old. And I saw that. Like, I saw X-Men when I was a kid. I loved these characters growing up. Yeah, even the bad ones, I was still like, oh, I'm going to watch X-Men The Last Stand just for that mm. fight at the end. These characters, watching them age as they would, it sort of broke the superhero cliches. Yeah, it did a You bit. get me? Yeah. Like, superheroes don't grow up in comic books, they just stay the same age, and like you see them get old and hurting, and he's given up completely. Like It's just such a good, interesting narrative, which is then based around superheroes i know it's hard to predict because obviously we don't know anything about what's going to happen in the mcu going forward really until we see the eternals and stuff but do you reckon this could be the best x-men film we get until a new x-men yeah i would probably still say this is probably going to be better than the first mcu x-men film that we're going to get yeah just basing that's it a off, bold prediction yeah, yeah basing it off how good logan is like your yeah. expectation is super high yeah, I think Logan is just going to stand apart from the rest of the X-Men films for the rest of the time. Even if we get better group X-Men films, people are still going to go back to Logan because it's so different. It's not a superhero film. It's a Western, which is why they keep referencing Westerns in it. Mm. And we we saw this, what was it, like a day early or something in the cinema? By we got some, like a preview screen, yeah, by some we? absolute miracle. When we were sat there in the cinema, it was like, the film's not even meant to be out yet. We were like, yeah, what? It was- <laughs> 
Yeah, it was like one of those advanced screenings that they never do anymore. We just found out about it randomly and we're like, right, we've got to go see this. And it was just us and a bunch of like other like guys and girls, mostly guys. And I think the entire screen was near enough in tears at the end of the film. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a bit of a bit of a old heart. Uh, it's the bit where she turns it from a, a crucifix into an X, and I was like, ah, the death of the X Men. It's the last X Men film. It's like he's the iconic X Man. Oh god, oh, uh, all too much. Oh, so good. Okay, carry on. Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, I didn't know whether you were going to do Mad Max like number two or Mad Max Fury uh, Road. No, that was the Road Warrior. That was on James Gunn's list. But Fury Road, for me, is the best Mad Max film. 100%. It's wicked. Do you want to talk about Fury Road for a bit? Yeah, it's wicked. Visually stunning. Story-wise, it's good. Yeah, Fury Road is such a good film. I can't really point any flaws with it at all. Maybe the only thing about Fury Road is the bit where they get there and then have to go straight back. And it's like... (laughs) Like, when you're watching the film, it's almost like a... Well, I don't know, because I probably watch films in a different way to other people, I think. Oh, really? Now we're going to have to rewind and see the whole thing back. But although there is that to it, the film itself is amazing. And it's just as stunning for the second half as what it is the first half. So Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think that was part of the charm for me. It was just there like, oh, shit. Like, it's Book of Eli type thing or, or like kung fu panda or something like that, where like the thing that they've been searching for all this time is like empty and is, oh, shit, the the fact is back at the beginning or it's what's inside you all along type thing. Like it's part of the charm. Like you realize it's just there like, Mm. fuck, we got to go all the way back. And then it becomes literally a race. Then it turns from a chase to a race. Isn't this meant to be getting a sequel? Yes. Oh, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. I wonder if we'll get Mad Max doing more Mad Max stuff. Uh, instead of just being no, we'll chained probably get to the more front Furiosa of a... doing more Furiosa <laughs> instead stuff. of just being chained to the front of a truck and then just being yeah okay right let's move on anyway um next one you've put on here is the two towers it's controversial it's a controversial choice i'd say for me this was mostly based around helms deep mm. go on mm. explain your thoughts and then i'll explain I my just, thoughts this changed the way that epic battles are done of films forever helms deep was like hoth taken to a new level this is what modern day battle of hoth would be like you're fenced in behind a thing you've got such epic moments throughout that fight the music the atmosphere everything about that there's a reason people study the battle of helms deep when they're about to do a battle in films like my one wish with infinity war was that the battle of wakanda was a bit more like helms deep they had the elements to it like with the gap in the force field and stuff like that but it didn't have the same execution as helms deep well you know what to fix that just have the fight in the city of wakanda Instead of maybe on the instead fields. of the outskirts, yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you what: I'll take your Helms Deep, and I will raise you a Battle of Pelennor Fields. Okay, you've got to think about the Battle of Pelennor Fields, right? You've got the yeah. Theodins ride now to death and glory, or whatever um, speech. You've got the whole Rohan will answer bit. You've got the bat- Gondor calls for aid, and Rohan will answer. <laughs> like the beacons you've got the whole sam and frodo arc you've got shelob you've got you've got the moment where sam becomes brave you've got the witch king yeah but you've got the return of gandalf and everything and you've got the battle of isengard as well i don't know man do you really think that two towers is better than return of the king uh, uh, f- 
Maybe not, but I think they're both better than Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> they are. They are certainly both better than Fellowship of the Ring. So they're they're almost both better than yeah. the original. The only good thing from Fellowship of the Ring is tattooed on my leg. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Balrog. There's not enough. There's not enough two towers in Return of the King next to this. Considering that I say the Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring yet. Considering the Fellowship of the Ring is the worst film, and that's what I've chosen to get. It's not the worst film. It could be any of the three Hobbit films. We could, well, yeah, I mean, we're going to say it's the worst. I saw a of... list today that said that Desolation of Smaug should have been in there. Is Desolation of Smaug better than The Hobbit? Maybe. <sighs> is but... Battle of the Five Armies definitely the worst? Definitely. <laughs> or is The Hobbit worse than Lord of the Rings? Of course it is. <laughs> of course yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm going to have to uh, put my foot down on this and say that, no, I do think Return of the King is the better film. I'm going to sit at a okay. table with a cup of coffee and Should... you're going to have to change my, <laughs> change mind, my mind in the future. Do you know what? It could have gone either way for me, but I, I was just thinking like, oh man, Helm's Deep is so good. That's the shit that sticks in my head. Yeah. Right, what's your next one? The next one is Friday the 13th Part 2. Oh, you know what? This is why I've never been on a Nearful podcast apart from one episode, <laughs> because I can't talk horror films at all. So you're going to have to just lead this one for a few minutes. Right. Friday the 13th, part two. So part one was the thing that started it all off. It was great, but it didn't have the legacy of Friday the 13th, part two. Part one, we find out that it was Jason's mum doing all the killings, and it's just sort of like the ghost of, like... Jason Voorhees is the one overshadowing everything. But then in Friday the 13th Part 3, we get uh, like Jason and we get the mythology of Jason and the unbreakable, unwavering fear and menace and the unrelenting Jason Voorhees that created the franchise. Like We wouldn't have had the rest of the Friday the 13th films or the reboots or anything like that without Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, have I swayed your opinion? <laughs> I've not seen them, so... Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Chris. Okay. <laughs> people online agree with me. I was doing research today. People agree with me. Okay, fantastic. I agree with you on the next one. 10 Cloverfield Lane versus Cloverfield. Yes. Yes. A million yes. times over. The original Cloverfield was a very different film. It was very interesting as a monster movie. And I remember mm-hmm. when it first came out, it was a lot of what everyone was talking about. It was a big deal. And then there was all the big conspiracy theories at the end. And then there was little Easter eggs in places. And you know, loads of people were like analyzing yeah. it on YouTube. It's sort of like rejuvenated the found footage genres. I can't remember the order of when these films came out. I know Blair Witch was the first and that like started the trend. And then I think probably Wreck the Spanish horror film which got remade into the American Quarantine. I think that came out after Cloverfield, to be honest. So, like, Cloverfield brought back found footage to the masses. But 10 Cloverfield Lane is a much better movie. Like, Cloverfield had... I think it was mostly the press around Cloverfield and everyone was like, oh, it makes you motion sick and all this sort of stuff. I think that was what gave it the buzz. But 10 Cloverfield Lane is an actual plot... It's actual characters. Yeah. It's much more interesting. What is the true monster in this whole situation? It, yeah, exactly. What's going right. on? What's yeah. the mystery behind the door and everything? Yeah, because the whole thing is, is you know that it's related to the Cloverfield universe. You know there's something's doing monsters in it, but it saves it till right towards the latter end of the film. But all throughout the film, you're thinking, is the monster John Goodman? 
You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. And yeah, he is absolutely sinister oh, in this John, film. John Goodman in this film is fantastic. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead as well is fantastic. She's great in everything, but in this, like those two carry this film so well. Yeah, he's so sinister in it. I remember watching it and just being like on pins for like so much of this film. Yeah. I remember you watched this the night before I did and you were literally messaging me just like, oh, mate, 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 this film. Oh, my God. What's, oh. You like, need to watch like, it so I can talk yeah. to you about it. Yeah. And we, we do that quite a just lot. Like, yeah. like, the, the, you're, you're not going to believe it. Like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, it's so it's so weird, man. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is how me and Sam talk normally when we're not doing a podcast. Yeah, that's it. We have to put our professional voices on. Oh, just our slightly more organized voices on when we yeah. do a podcast. Coherent thought pattern instead of just like, oh my God. Yeah, so just absolutely just mouth diary and <laughs> all over the place. Uh, right, yeah. your, your, your next one is Marvel movies. Don't list all of them. No, we're not going to yeah. list all of them. We're going to be so I Yeah, we just wanted to touch on a few like Thor Ragnarok. Yep. It's the best Thor film. For now. We've already discussed Winter Soldier. Yeah, for now. Uh, I wanted to say James Gunn, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is better than the first one. Personally, I just think the story arc and the relationships between Peter Quill and his father and everything like that, and I think that film progressed the characters more than any of the other ones, which it's mm. sad to see some of it undone with Gamora obviously dying and then having to be brought back through time travel. I'd say the first one had the better soundtrack. I would say the first one had the better soundtrack. Yeah, gotta give it something. But the soundtrack does not make it the film. No, <laughs> of course it doesn't. I think no. the second one's better. Yeah. Uh, can you think of any other um, ones? Avengers. Yeah. The Avengers. Avengers Infinity but, War and Endgame. Yeah. Potentially better than the first Obviously one. the stakes were a lot higher and you had a lot more characters in there. So yeah, I'd say they were better. Um, it's tough because, you know, Black Panther, we've only got the first one. Captain Marvel, yeah. we've only got the first one. What would you say between the Spider-Man films, Far From Home and Homecoming? I think maybe Far From Home with Mysterio might be better. Hmm. Yeah. But, no. oh. but the first one has mm. the relationship with Tony and... And the Vulture is sick in the first one. Sick. Yeah. The, what they did with the Vulture rather than it being like the comic book Vulture was so much such a good decision it was just so evil no i don't know yeah maybe far from home is the better film out of the two though because you're not having you know with with the original homecoming you're having to set up peter parker a little bit in there because you've got the whole beginning bit where it's relating back to civil war Mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah maybe far from i think the villain's a bit more interesting like i think mysterio like what he does as a villain is kind of more interesting yeah I'd, I'd agree i'd agree yeah definitely although yeah. although it's a very i'd say it's a tighter a tighter competition between those two films versus yeah. the other ones and then I, I can't I, really think of any other i think that's it really isn't it ant-man yeah ant-man what do you think about ant-man uh ant-man versus ant-man and the wasp i think they're both pretty average i might say the second one actually i think the second one made me laugh a bit more it's not well it is now marvel but deadpool versus deadpool 2 Ooh. I was thinking about that. I I kind of preferred the story in the second one, but the jokes in the first one. Does some of the jokes get redone in the second one? Hmm. I'm not sure. I'd say Deadpool 2. Okay. We get a proper juggernaut. And you also we do get, get Cable. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get, um, you get Josh Brolin as Cable. And I think yeah. that, that's a real big winner. 
Yeah. And I think I think the jokes go like that a little bit too far in Deadpool two, which is like very Deadpool. Okay. You know what I mean? Like okay. it really pushes like that whole bit where he dies and that and then it just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. It's such a Deadpool thing where yeah. I think Deadpool one's very good, but I think they were still playing it safe to a point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. uh and also my last one is Man of Steel versus Batman versus Superman. Oh, um, you think Batman versus Superman is better than Man of Steel? Hmm, it's a tough I'm, one. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't make a call on those right now. Well, we know it's definitely not Justice League. Uh, that should be something for the listeners. Tweet at us at GetRealPod. Tweet at us. Let us know which one you think is better out of Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman. I have a feeling it's going to be very lopsided. Yeah, okay. I've got. Oh, in fact, I've got one more for you that you might know. Okay. The Creed versus Creed 2. I haven't seen Creed 2 yet. Oh, no! <laughs> but do you know what? I would say Creed is better than most of the Rocky films. I don't know if it's better than all of them, but I do love Creed. Creed is a fantastic film. Creed 1 and yeah. Creed 2. Both very, very, very good yeah. films. I'd only watched them recently, and it was just before Creed 2 came out on digital and yeah, I was so, I need to see it. so surprised by the Creed films. Very good. Very, very good. Yeah. I was surprised by how good they were. I just wasn't expecting it to be that good, but... Whew. Anyway, so I wanted to run through a couple last things to finish this topic off. When I Googled this, Google came up with like a list of films that Google had generated as best sequels. All the ones that we've covered today are on there. But then they said 28 weeks later is better than 28 days later. And I just can't agree with that in the slightest. I just can't remember what happens. So 28 days later is obviously the original Killian Murphy wakes up after being in a coma, after surgery, all that sort of stuff. And he goes, finds the soldiers and everything like that. And it's a lot more claustrophobic, small, gritty, indie zombie film. Whereas 28 weeks later is much more big budget. You've got Jeremy Renner trying to take the guy that, basically created the infection and everything the guy with the wife he's taken his kids because one of them is immune to the virus i believe she's played by image and poots in that as well mm. and he's trying to get them out of london i think the first one is far and away much better i really can't remember i can't remember watching them mate so anyway i just wanted to tell google the wrong <laughs> that's do. why this is in the list you and do then, you you do you and mate. then i found out that imdb has done a poll as well i can't remember when they did this poll but they put a list of all the best sequels that they thought should have been on the list on the list and people got to vote third place was the empire strikes back oh only second place yeah only third second was terminator 2 so do you know what was number one I can, can and anybody I, guess. I, and yeah, I'll give you two seconds to see if you can guess. Hint: We have just covered it. Number one was The Dark Knight, which, yeah, you know what? But I would have probably swapped Empire the Strikes Back and T two around. I would have swapped them around potentially. I probably would have. I probably would have said T two Empire and Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. But the people have spoken. There you go. And IMDb knows all. Just you guys, give us some more, like. Tweet at us, post on our Instagram. Um, I put it out on our Instagram. I'm going to see if there's any more results. I saw somebody said Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. That was Adam Briff. Oh, yeah. Our um, good friend Adam Briffer. Adam Briff. Uh, okay, so we have got some answers. Um, 
Back to the Future Part 2, he says, I love the Back to the Future films, but Back to the Future Part 1 is a perfect screenplay, and it is taught in film school as the perfect screenplay, so I can't agree with that in the slightest. And like, and I just It tries to do too much in the second one. I just want to butt in really quick. Thank you for getting back to us on that poll as well. Yeah. Cheers for leaving um, comments and stuff. Okay, so we got Castro Escobar um, has put Batman Returns, Empire Strikes Back, Aliens, Spider-Man 2, Dark Knight, Winter Soldier, and Ragnarok. Yes, absolutely correct. So we've covered all of them. And Josh Creek has said Anchorman 2. Oh, you know what? (laughs) I agree with him. I don't know. I think. It... Yeah, I agree with him. I think Anchorman Two. I think I prefer better. the old. Uh, I think I prefer the original. No, one. you've got the road Cause... trip where they get the gang. No, I, f- I feel like most of Anchorman Two though is just callbacks to the first one. Yeah, but it's got that. It's got that. Scene. I, th- I think the best scene is all the news teams fighting. Yeah. but that's just a a rehash of the first one. Anyway, let us know what you think. Comment on. This post, obviously, we put out an Instagram post every time we put out a podcast. So go to our podcast at Get Real Pod and comment on the post on Monday morning about this. What is your favorite sequel? Or you can tweet at us at Get Real Pod or even on our Facebook. We put posts out on there as well. And that is Get Real Pod on Facebook. Sam, what's our email address? If people want to email us what they think our favorite. If you're old school and like to write electronic mails and send them out in your electronic post box, it is getrealpoduk at gmail.com. And you want to make sure you share this podcast with all your friends, family, pets, anyone. That would be fantastic. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, even on your Amazon Alexa. Go ahead, share, give us a share, give us a liking, give us a review, give us a comment on YouTube because we are also there as well. We and are there as well. We are. Chris is very proud of that because Chris looks after the YouTube, don't you, Chris? I do. It's a very good job. And just retweet us or something like that. Anything you can do to help us grow if you like this podcast, we much appreciate it. We hope more people will listen to us soon. I think this has been a good episode. It has. It's definitely been an in-depth episode. Thank you very much for listening and taking the time to spend your lockdown hours listening to this, and we will catch you next week. Next Monday, 7am. Thank you, and good night. Bye. (laughs) Or good morning, whenever you're listening to this. The longest ending ever! We're still here! Some would say this episode was our best sequel. Others would not say that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>